This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up? What's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And we're back. Or they're back from Summer League. I was here holding down the four, talking about Russell Westbrook. Got a little bit of color. The You did? Yeah, a little bit of tan in my face. Right, I got right, a little right bit. Right off top. And burnt <laughs> on the top of my head, too. Yeah, it, it looks great, guys. Um, <laughs> and we got a great podcast for you today. We're obviously going to be recapping Summer League. We got a special guest, John, our Patron joining over the phone to talk about the best players we saw from Summer League. Then we'll be getting into two trade rumors, Blake Griffin and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, we'll talk about the possibility of those two guys being moved. Before we do so, check out patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to be like John uh, and be on a podcast, check out patreon.com slash podcast and join at that $10 tier. If not, though, we got some other great stuff at that $5 and $1 tier, like the Discord, where we consistently talk about NBA, Summer League, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada, whatever you want. So <laughs> check it out uh, at mo- patreon.com slash podcast. But let's jump in. Best things we saw from Summer League. And, John, you guys obviously had a crazy offseason in Philly, but you, you had time to, to watch the Summer League, and you got some players for us that you liked, that you, that you saw that impressed. Who are the guys that you liked from the 2019 NBA Summer League? Well, if you bring up the Sixers, let me just say, uh, <laughs> very disappointing summer league. Uh, we went with like five picks, came out with two, and then signed all these guys for like half a billion dollars. But <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> uh, a couple guys I like, uh, Terrence Davis out of Ole Miss, Paco Fall, and uh, I'll forget the third guy, but we'll get to him. But, uh, Terrence Davis out of Ole uh, Quinn. oh yes, <laughs> one of Pop's new pets is going to be great. But uh, Terrence <laughs> Terrence Davis, old guy, 22 years old, out of Ole Miss. He's like a, a built 6'4", two-guard. But he's like a, a utility player. You know, rebounds, passes, and he plays with pretty good defense with a lot of energy. Uh, I think a knock on him was his age. He's 22 years old. But uh, he's a four-year player out of Ole Miss. And he played pretty well. And he's very confident. He got an invite by uh, Denver to play for Denver. But uh, instead of... Going for these two-way contracts, he bet on himself, played well, and got offered by uh, Toronto, and the Raptors signed him for two years. The so one. he's looking forward to going up to Toronto and uh, developing under Nick Nurse. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, Toronto, they had a good player that uh, just left. I forget his name. So uh should be some uh, minutes over <laughs> up at the wing, the wing spot. Yeah, McCaw? No, no, not the championship McCaw. guarantee. No, no come on. He had like braids or something. Yeah, I, I, Pascal I think, Siakam. I think he had a no, good mid-range. Pascal Siakam didn't leave. You know, he <laughs> had a yeah, really Siakam. good mid-range player. Are you guys talking about Kawhi? <laughs> we might be talking about yeah. Jesus. No. <laughs> yeah, Kawhi. <laughs> so, so you got you got Terrence Davis <laughs> pegged. I'm slow. <laughs> you got Terrence Davis pegged as the Kawhi replacement. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh. Our, more of the, uh, well, the old guy went to uh, the Lakers. He's a guy from the Spurs. Oh, uh, Danny Green. Two-guard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Danny Green, he's moved on to the Lakers. So it opens up spots at the two-guard, not only three for where Kalai left. Uh, you know, so it's a good chance for uh, Terrence Davis can develop on a Nick Nurse and uh, play some minutes this year and hopefully develop an NBA player. Yeah, the one thing uh, that I, I, I want to ask you about, because you were talking about uh, first players that uh, first round players that might have disappointed, uh, second round players that played well. Obviously, Terrence Davis was it was in that range, and then some undrafted guys. Um, but you talked about the age and Quindary Weatherspoon, twenty two years old. Terrence Davis, twenty two. Um, 
Would you expect those guys to dominate and play well in, in summer league just because of their age and their experience in college, or is it is it good to see those guys play the way that they did in summer league because you know some of them were fighting for roster spots and they they got on and you could see their 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 drive. Where do you stand on guys that you know are first round players but are a little bit older uh, in their game, at least maturity wise? Well, I expect them to play better than uh, rookies, especially these rookies with raw talent who are athletes, not necessarily basketball players. You have Terrence Davis and Quindary Weatherspoon who you know, played uh, college basketball for four years, so their skills are more refined. But even looking into that, you can see NBA talent out of those two players. No, I, I definitely agree. Like it's they were able to walk in, and that's kind of the cool thing about summer league. Another another guy who had you know a four year college player who got you know benefit of the doubt against him was like Kendrick Nunn on the Heat. You know, mm-hmm. a guy who, dude's a professional, he's coming in, you know, he four-year player oh, yeah. in college, and he balled out against these young kids. And that's and what you hope. Yeah. Yeah, showed. Yeah. He was, like, catching lobs of the rim. Dude, he was, he was disgusting out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, we saw a lot of athleticism went out, too. I mean, Jackson Hayes is one guy that, you know, his athleticism really shined throughout that whole that, that whole. God, did you see him jump over that kid? He yeah. killed him. <laughs> I don't even know that, that, that dude. Was our he killed him. That man had a family. Um, yeah. He was disowned after that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was good, especially for Weatherspoon. I mean, I, I, you know, him going undrafted or at least uh, late round. I think he went undrafted. Um, but he was yeah, a guy that was that was definitely you know on the edge of being picked or whether or not. And him showing out like he did was definitely huge. And well, let me ask let me ask you guys that: Did you smell mm-hmm. a little Derek White game out of Quinberry Weatherspoon? Honestly, I did see that. I'm glad you brought that up because I was watching him, and everybody's like, "Man, are they pulling this shit again on us? Like, are <laughs> do they just know these things? They're like, all right, we're gonna see these smart players who get overlooked, but they've got really good skill sets and good um, core essential like qualities. And like watching Quinberry play, I was like, mm, shit, I got that feeling. Their backcourt's already loaded, but still." He's he's somebody who's definitely got talent to be uh, on an NBA roster. Do yeah, and that's that's a question with Quindary. Then is where where do you think he he could fit with the Spurs? Because we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Mm-hmm. You know, they have Demar, they have Derek White, they have uh, Lonnie Walker, who played well in summer league as well. Definitely, uh, Dejounte Murray coming back off of injury. Patty, uh, Patty Mills. Mills. I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of guys in that backcourt. John, do you, where do you see him fight, fighting himself in? Do you think he's going to be you know a guy that gets sent down to the G League? Oh, it's easy. Yeah, you just said it. It's an easy answer. Where does he fit? He fits in Austin. He fits in Austin under the Spurs program. Why not? You're you're a four year player. You don't have like absolute team athleticism. You guys. Why not develop in the Spurs program and become the best player you can and try to get as much money and the best opportunities late in your career? You know why go in there saying, well, you know these minutes aren't here. You know trade me and go somewhere else. You're not going to develop. Better yourself. Better in the program. Be the best player you can be and then move on from there later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we saw some of these guys that were a little bit older ball out, and I think one of those guys, Dave, that you're going to talk about is Brandon Clark. I mean, pretty much the MVP of Summer League. You saw him be physically dominant out there, like a guy like Quindary Weatherspoon. Um, what did you guys see out of him? Well, you got to say his name right. He's got to add J's to his name because he's on the Grizzlies, so it's Jandon Jark is yeah. what we're calling him. Yeah, because the, the Grizzlies, <laughs> if nothing else, they got are a team John Morant, they got uh, Triple J out there, and then Jandon Jark. Yeah. We're just, we're just trying, everybody on that team has to have J's in their name. That's what we decided. So Brandon Clark has been officially renamed to Jandon Jar. You guys they are don't stupid. Ha- but they don't have nutritionalists. They don't? Oh, my God. Their Twitter game is strong. Starting, 
So are you going to have Jimmy Jackson as an assistant coach? Uh, yes. <laughs> I like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, no, like, uh, should anyone be surprised that the second best player in college basketball last year is one of the best players in summer league? I mean, he's an older player. He's so dominant offensively and defensively. I get everybody like, but he's got short arms, little T-Rex arms. And I'm like, he still plays amazing on-ball defense. You just need, it's an eye test thing. If you want to look at numbers, he's got the numbers to back it up. Mm-hmm. Everything about him is just, he he has the game and people want to take it against him because he's a little older. That's fine. He shows up in summer league and just dominates young, talented kids who are, like you said, just too raw. And, ah, oh, that was such a gratifying moment watching uh, Brandon Clark go out there and be able to carry, I don't want to say carry, but be a key piece of that championship summer league team and show them that, like, look, the Grizzlies, we know we're rebuilding, but, like, we didn't know how good he could be mm-hmm. on a team with John Morant, Triple J, Bruno out there. Like, their summer league team just screams potential. Yeah, and John, mm-hmm. from what I remember from your mock draft, you had him in, in the same range that we had him going into that uh, 11th spot with the T-Wolves. Um, were, you, were you surprised at all about, about how Brandon Clark played, how, how well he looked out there? Absolutely not. He's a you know, what, three-year uh, college player. I think he transferred into Gonzaga. But yep. he's a kid. He's a, it's athleticism. Basketball is a sport. He has a 40-inch vertical. He's quick <laughs> mm-hmm. twitch. He's going to be successful. You know, he had time to refine his basketball skills. He's got a pretty good career. Well, no. and I mean, the thing that I – the two things I really liked were the big thing people were talking about is can he shoot the three-pointer? And he goes five of nine. Um, in summer league, and it's yeah. also like how he works off the pick and roll of like, hey, I'm gonna come up, you go around, all right, I'm diving to the basket. Where now the asterisk is like you said, Dave, when he plays against NBA players like the vets, is it gonna work the same? Probably not. Don't expect the exact same thing you saw out of Brandon Clark here, but it's got to be very promising for the Grizzlies, who I think at the end of the year we could look at Brandon Clark and say steal from the NBA draft this past year because of where he went. I know all of us had him in the lottery for sure yeah. in all of our mocks, and he went well below that. No, I absolutely agree, and his game is just going to fit really well, uh, basically being a smaller, you know, being able to play small alongside someone like mm-hmm. Triple J out there who is a great rim protector, and just he has great uh, depth on the wing too, so... I'm very curious to see like what their lineup's going to be. They've got a lot of options, a lot of young guys who are going to get minutes. Mm-hmm. I almost see the Grizzlies kind of going like a older Nets style uh, rotations where everybody's going to get 25, 30 minutes out there, and you're just going to see like a 12-man, 13-man deep roster yeah. uh, all getting minutes. And you, you talked about rim protectors, and I think there's two other guys that um, obviously you, you, you know we could talk about from Summer League, one being John's guy, Taco Fall, and the other one being Daniel Gafford. I'll go first, and we'll, we'll, we'll ship it over to uh, to Taco Fall. Uh, but looking at Daniel Gafford, I mean, he was a 38th pick for the Bulls. I thought he was a first-round pick. I, we had him as a lottery pre, uh, mm-hmm. in the year before, and then he went back to Arkansas. He do- looked physically dominant out there. He looked so athletic, so quick, and so strong, averaging nearly like, like three blocks a game. And even then, like you look at his stat sheet, and it looks it looks less than what he did because his his impact on the game out there 
was absolutely huge for that Chicago Bulls team. Well, just like the first play you see from him, White tossing it up, alley-oop, bam, Gafford throws it down. Mm-hmm. And he was going up against actual big men. He was mm-hmm. going up against Jared Allen. He was going up against Brandon Clark. He was going up against, uh, I think they had a game against Mitchell Robinson, too. They did. Um, I mean, they, they went they were, against Jackson Hayes. Yeah, that was that was probably the only time he looked like uh, a mere mortal next to Jackson Hayes. But at the same time, that matchup, there was like a clear mm-hmm. like tit for tat. It was like, oh, you can do this? Let me take a yeah. shot at it. And mm-hmm. they went back and forth, play after play. And it was just fun to see that level of competition and the... Uh, like trying to overshine the other, and it they got physical down low, <laughs> and you know there were there were a couple technical. It was mm-hmm. it was really fun to watch that. And he he looked fantastic out there, and that's just an absolute steal by the Chicago Bulls at thirty eight. Um, you, I mean we've talked about them being able to scout guys deep. Uh, Jimmy Butler obviously being one of them, and it yep. was a it, it looks like a fantastic pick so far. And I don't really see a way that he's not going to continue to dominate out there just because he looks so gifted athletically. He looks so smooth and polished in his game already. I don't really know what else he can add outside of just adding more strength to his actual body. You stretch out the floor a little bit would be really nice for him. <laughs> I mean, he he is the quintessential rim runner. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got high upside because of that athleticism. So as long as he keeps building, getting stronger, and then works on the shot a little bit, I think we're happy. But if we're talking about a guy who doesn't need to work on a shot, that is a rim protector. Taco Fall is just a a, a, a sharpshooter out there, Dude, huh, John? The pop before oh, John like comes it. in, the pop he got every time he checked in, <laughs> astounding. It was like the Undertaker coming in every time <laughs> in WWE. But like I was saying, John, uh, Taco Fall is a sharpshooter, huh? Well, all he has to do is bunny hop, and he dunks. But you don't you don't want Taco Fall shooting mid range jumpers at all. You want him down low, low post block. He's two hundred eighty pounds. Box out. Catch the high ball and, you know, spin and shoot the ball. Don't bring it down to guards and steal it. Uh, Taco Fall, he, he's obviously a project. Boston, you know, they didn't give up much to get him. And it looks like they're going to sign to a contract. They had, uh, they had this player from Europe, a draft stash, Yashabule. I think they uh, waived Yashabule to make room for Taco Fall. You know, we'll see very soon. But uh, Taco Fall, he didn't disappoint. You know, he was able to run the court for his size, you know, maintain, you know, the big thing with big guys is maintain our health and develop. I, I agree. I mean, that's that's a big question. There's, there's only so much mobility you can get out of a guy who's like seven six seven seven out there. So mobility-wise, yeah, there's some concerns, but he moves okay for his size. I mean, it's always going to be a liability, so you're going to have to play around that. But he can keep it, as long as they can work around that and keep him in the low post and teams don't stretch them out five wide, like, they're going to be able to use him against second units. Very sim- He's like a, a worse version of Boban right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Offensively, he's still got a lot to put polish on his moves in the low post, but he should be able to give you a couple of you know really great short spurts of like give him four minutes here, three minutes here, you know, you know, up to like 10 minutes a game tops, especially on a team like the Celtics where they're going to be competing for a playoff spot this year. I just see him as a wild card. I mean, and the fans, the fans fucking love that guy. Well, yeah, and real quick, Yabuzli was uh, waived, like John mm-hmm. mentioned. Yeah, and, and and Taco Fall. I mean, he was drafted in the, in the second round, so most likely he's going to get some playing time. And I don't know about you, John. I'd be hyped <laughs> if I saw a Taco Fall three, but that's just me. Like when I saw Boban stroking it out there this year, I was getting hyped. <laughs> so if I see Taco Fall doing that same thing, I'd gonna be floored. Like if he starts shooting threes from the outside. OBS t- touch, you know. You oh, he see, does. See what Taco does. In, yeah, we'll see what Taco does in five years. I'd be hyped to see a Taco <laughs> 3, but Ricky, you, well, he was your guy too. He was also my guy. I love him coming out of the draft, but there was this kid sitting two rows in front of us, so 
we're watching. I can't remember who the Celtics were playing, um, but this kid sitting two in front of us, and every time Taco came out, he would be like, "It's Taco Tuesday!" <laughs> just at the top of his lungs. Wasn't even screaming Tuesday it. either. Hey, just like, screaming <laughs> it. You know, I get it. The LeBron, you know, Instagram video is fun and mm-hmm. all, and his family. But yeah, the the Taco Ball love and then the hatred for when they sat his yeah. ass down. Like I was like, like oh, the stadium it, booted for it, six audible, seconds. Like, solid. Oh. It was uh, honestly, it was an event. He was the mm. main attraction. I feel at summer league. But I'm also gonna take uh, like John. If we're playing poker, he puts a Celtic out. I'm gonna call his Celtic with another Celtic of my own with Carson Edwards. Where I am just gonna say this when it comes to our draft talk, and this is not us. It's just everyone in general. Can we just stop talking about height? Like, oh, this guy's too short. He can't make it. Steph Curry, we said that. Pretty damn good. We said the same thing about Trey Young. Pretty damn good. Carson Edwards said the same thing. How about you? Pretty damn good in summer league. Like, he just showed, hey, you know what? I'm a shooter, and I'm just going to shoot the lights out for the Boston Celtics. And if he can do that, I actually liked what both of the guards, both Waters and Edwards, Showed for Boston, That's where it's guy. like, well, I love Tremont. He, awesome defensively. Yeah, next to Carson Edwards shooting, like Kemba's going to be the starter, but they've got two guys behind him that can run the second unit together if they well, wanted and, to. And and like I said with Carson Edwards, I I, I do think his size is going to be concerning. I don't think he is a a true number one. I don't think he's a true number one guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he doesn't have that. Uh, 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 facilitation. He, can't facilitate. he has yeah. no court. He doesn't have but a facilitation, that, but, but we saw what. Shoot. Well, we saw what Isaiah Thomas could do in a similar role, and he was mm-hmm. fantastic. And, and and I think Carson Edwards can definitely fit that role. But he's another guy that is just like you know Gafford, uh, Taco Fall too, Terrence Davis, Quindary Weatherspoon, Brandon Clark, Carson Edwards. Like these are guys that played multiple years in college, yeah. came out and, and and played fantastic. Uh, but it, it's still not to take away. I mean, like John said, that's what you're supposed to do if you are a guy with that much. Uh, you know, uh, maturity under your belt, mm-hmm. at least being able to play in those big moments before, like Carson Edwards was doing in the tournament. And they came out and, and played fantastic. Uh, any other older guys that you guys want to mention before we get into some of the uh, one-and-dones? You know, I'm going to go with my boy Rui Hachimura. He, like, he showed to me, like, is he a finished product? No, but what I saw in Summer League was like, yes. This is what <laughs> I wanted to see to basically, if you're a Wizards fan— Get some hype heading into this year. Be excited about this young talent that you drafted. And for me personally, just being a Rui fan, I was like, I wanted him to play well. I didn't want him to get bashed on. So he would be another one that I'd say older player that played well in Summer League. couple of quick shout-outs on on my honorable mention tab. (laughs) Older players, Bruce Brown uh, coming over on the Pistons, had a really great Summer League. Uh, He's a second-year player. He did start a lot of games for the uh pistons last year due to their roster construction concerns Mm -hmm. um and then lonnie walker who we only got to see him in a handful of games on short minutes uh but in summer league he was absolutely explosive the man took the ceiling off the place a couple of different times looks like he will absolutely be able to fit in on that spurs team uh and and eat up a good chunk of minutes that's that's a good problem to have when you've got you know, five, six deep at, at the guard position where you're just like, we got to find a way to get all of these kids minutes. Mm-hmm. John, the one thing I want to ask you is because we, we've, we've got to know your takes on some of the guys from uh, this or the last year's draft class, like, you know, Zion, Brandon Clark, uh, RJ Barrett, but guys like, uh, especially Lonnie Walker, because he, he would have been a guy that definitely interests me in, in your take. What do you think about him coming out and what do you think he can, he could provide to the Spurs uh, knowing what he was coming off of last year within injuries and, and obviously with their current roster construction and maybe some things that you saw from summer league. 
Uh, well, I'll take into account what I saw last year as well. Um, he's a two-guard, he's slight undersized, 6'4", who has crazy hops. I remember watching at University of Miami, he had like these uh, alley-oop dunks. He's like, he's like a foot over the rim. Uh, he plays fast and not under control. I think the biggest thing for him to develop is control, uh, when to change speed, and probably dribbling. And uh, he's not like a natural shooter, but he's a, a really good athlete and he plays a lot of veracity. Um, I think that he has more talent than he has uh, skill right now. And, you know, with the Spurs system, the Spurs system, you know, they have a bunch of guards, so they can take them slowly as a project. I think give him some minutes this year. But I think third year, if he, if he plays as well as, you know, his projector he's talented to, they may move on with, from some of the other guards that they have and just give and make sure Lonnie, Lonnie on, is on the floor for at least 30, 36 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that, you know, he being a guy that's on a loaded playoff team, it might be fine for him to find minutes. And I think another guy like that in that same vein is Anthony Simmons or Simons uh, that's going to be on a loaded playoff team. You have Dame and TJ who are going to demand a lot of minutes, but you were impressed by him, right, Dave, in Summer League? Oh, my God, this kid can stroke it. I mean, he looks 14 out there, but that's perfectly fine because he was a fifth-year high school player, um, came on the Spurs, was down in the G League for the majority of the year, Came up for the last game of the year and shot lights out. Dropped massive 37, numbers. right? I believe it was 37. Was that on the Thunder as well? I want to say it was. Um, I don't know. My memory's a little bad on that final game. But I just remember him hitting damn near everything. And then this summer league, he goes out there and does the same thing. Caps off with a fantastic like 6 of 7 from 3 performance. And if they had left him in the game, like he and Gary Trent Jr. on the uh, Blazers were just killing it mm-hmm. from the outside and Anthony is one of those kids who I loved him coming up I, I mean the name helped because Anthony and Anthony is one of my favorite uh, players from the old Magic team one of the best what if stories of basketball but yeah I know right <laughs> dude Penny's my dude uh, Lil, but no Penny. Um, Anthony Simons just his shot release is so clean and that's what's been incredibly attractive about him as a prospect you know he still needs to put on size he, he's done well um in one year through this but like he still has to do quite a bit i think he's going to be a deadly shooter throughout his career i really want to see where he can go as a creator for other players mm-hmm. i think right now he feels more kind of like that cj uh off ball guard who has just a super quick trigger finger but i i'm really curious to see him grow more as a facilitator and an all-around player yeah he he dropped 37 against the kangs last year <laughs> that was the kangs um, yeah it was it was the kangs uh last year so just uh nice. throwing that out there um but ricky uh you had one guy that or, mm-hmm. sorry it wasn't was it ricky hmm. where are we going so we, we just talked about uh anthony simons mm-hmm. um the other guy that you, you talked about, he was a one-year player. Uh, we, we left him off. Yes. You want to talk about Iggy Versus I want to talk about Iggy, Best Iggy, Iggy. In Can't you see your 30 points really hypnotized me? And that was, <laughs> I, I thought about that, and I'm like, I got to drop that. But no, Iggy Versus was like watching that game because it was, I want to say, was it, it wasn't the Pelicans game. Can't remember who they were playing, but like everyone around us is like, wow. R.J. Barrett not looking well. Like, the New York fans around us um, calling on Peanut Head, the Bricklayer, and they're playing Phoenix. That's right, because Ray Vontae Rice was on on the Phoenix Suns. So I had my two guys that I could root for. But, like, he went off that game, and I was like, he's the star in New York. He's the one that you hang your head on, Um, all jokes aside. But, no, like, something really special out of a first-year player 
that Nick fans can hang their hat on. I can't wait to see if he continues this progress post-Summer League when the big boys are playing. I hope he gets some good minutes with the Knicks, who will probably be a bad team again. Sorry, Knicks fans. Hey, but, I mean, second-round picks in the Knicks. Name a, mm-hmm. name a better duo than last year. I mean, they killed it with Mitchell Robinson, a player who absolutely fell off boards. Because he looked of, good, too, in Summer uh, League. He did. Uh, Mitch Rob was... Like he should. Well, yeah. I mean, he, the dude plays great defense, but he's still wild. He still commits a lot of dumb fouls. Um, he's, he's got he's got a lot of room to grow from a basketball-like mm-hmm. knowledge standpoint. But, no, I, I think Iggy was a, a great pick. And, yeah, there's definitely a competitive rise in him going up because it was like shot-for-shot shot kind of moments. Um, it was it was a little bit of a bummer because it's like, mm-hmm. at that point, it looked like he was going to hit every single shot he yeah. took. And that pull-up three to end the game, he mm-hmm. just missed. It was like, ah, shit. All right. <laughs> All right. We had a great performance, though. Yeah, I, I think Brozdikas was definitely you know an interesting uh, case out there. But the two stars, I think, at the end, and this, these are the two guys that we were going to end on, and we could throw out any other names that we think of. Uh, but the two stars are coming for me. Yes, Brandon Clark was probably the best player statistically. Um, yes, you know, you, there was guys that made first team All-Summer League. But there was two guys that showed their absolute dominance. And, and weirdly enough, it was two guys that I was very high on from the start of uh, last year's yeah. draft class. Oh, it's uh, weird how that turns out. <laughs> A guy that did earn first team honors uh, was Nikki Alexander-Walker, the, uh, the pick for the uh, Pelicans at 17. Uh, he went out there, averaged 24.3 points per, per game, six assists, 2.8 steals. He looked smooth. People talked about him not being a great jump shot uh, shooter from the outside. He looked wet out there. <laughs> Guy looked fantastic from deep. Uh, he showed that ball handling skills. He looked dominant. He looked quick. He just looked like an all-around NBA player, and that's what I love. Yes, he's a two-year player uh, coming, uh, or at least two-year college player from mm-hmm. Virginia Tech, but he just looked so mature out there. He looked like he was not afraid of anything. And this is a guy that's going to need to fight for minutes because you have Lonzo Ball out there. You have Drew Holiday. He's going to need to prove his worth in New Orleans. He's fighting against Frank Jackson, who dropped 30 in his yeah. one uh, summer league game. Frank Jackson, the 2K monster scoring machine <laughs> out there. But, you know, he, that's yet to translate. I think I think uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I mean, he was even facilitating pretty well. I know mm-hmm. that was... Uh, another big knock against because they were like he's a two. Yeah, they're like he's a hard two, and I was like, I don't see that at all. He, he's he's a combo guard. He's long. He's strong. I think he's able to see people cutting. He's looking for opportunities out there. I, I I dug his game. And there's another combo guard that I have to throw out there to end the podcast. Guy averaged 23 points per game per 36, 10 and a half rebounds, and 3.9 3.9 assists. Snaz Reed, no. the guy. Got his contract. He got his money. Two-year, multi-year contract for the T-Wolves. He dominated out there. A physical specimen. And specimen. He, here's the thing, too. Here's the specimen. thing, too. 2.2 threes <laughs> per game in, in summer league. Shot 38%. Naz Reed rose to the occasion. I don't care if you're calling him fat. Yeah. He showed that he can work his ass off. He'll drop that baby fat, and he's a better he's a better Zion Williamson. So there we uh, go. Jesus Christ. There no. we go. John, John I'll let you let, let, I'll let you attack this Naz Reed unload. You don't need you don't need to attack it. I'll I'll just say one thing. There are three guys here, and one of these guys didn't go to summer league. <laughs> Very obvious. Very obvious. There's yeah. there's four letters that you could have responded with, John, and it's G O A T. <laughs> Nazareed is the greatest player of all time. No, no, no. no. H O P E. H O P E. No, I, I mean I wish him the best. But yeah, he, he definitely that's a, lot has... of, that's a lot of hype. Yeah, I I think, you know, look, at least on the upside, he fits into Minnesota's big man role of 
I can space the floor and I can't play defense. Mm-hmm. No wonder you love him so much. You love Cat just just the same. Um, the cat's a top, he's just a worse version. Player. He's just a worse version of Cat right now, but he's younger. He, he, he might be. He might he not be. I don't younger. know. Cat's like twelve. I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna just stop that whole thing and just drop a drop a small Tyler Hero into this one. And be like, hey, anybody remember how high we were on Tyler Hero? Like the guy who can create for himself. He can shoot threes. Like no problem. Um, gets other guys involved. Looked very good in summer league and. Honestly, I don't know if the Heat are playing games or if he is, you know, long-term part of their team, but it seems like they also value him very highly because we saw the rumors about the CP3 trade and the Thunder being interested and like, well, you need to give us Bam, Hero, Winslow, one of the combination of the two of the three, and they're like, uh-uh, not happening. Mm-hmm. So could could be some good things coming for Tyler Hero in the future. Uh, John or Ricky, we'll go to John first. Any other guys that you want to throw out there? Um, that clearly are worse than Nasri, but still impressed you nonetheless. Um, I haven't been on in a while, so uh, I'm just going to mention Samanich. Uh, oh, he yeah. was in the uh, in, the yeah, other Luca. He, he start. <laughs> yeah, he started at the uh, combine. He involved there. He involved in summer league. Yeah, he showed some potential. He's going to back up uh, LA and uh, in San Antonio, and just you know, I think he'll be a good stretch for. Ricky, any other guys that you were impressed or any moments from something like that you guys want to share? The last two, number one, um, as a Bulls fan, I hope Kobe White can uh, work on his three-point shot. Because, Jesus, that was depressing. And it was like anything inside the arc, like a nice little step back, boom, Kobe hits it. Anything outside the arc, it's like, oh, well, that's not going to go in. He um, was awful outside the arc. And I get that he's young, he's a rookie, I'm just hoping that he can work on his hey, three. Lowry was awful outside the arc too in Summer League. If you want to take that as a, for. A, a small hope I, signal. I'm but. hoping that the that everything will be okay in Chicago one day. Um, <laughs> also, I'll look right in the camera for this. Um, thank you Zion Williamson for giving me probably one of the best basketball moments I will ever see live. Like I don't think anything's going to top watching him ripping the ball out of Kevin Knox's hands and throwing a dunk down live like we saw at Summer League. How close were you guys to that? We were, so it was sold out, so we were in the upper deck. Yep. Um, we chose to sit, like, far upper deck so we can see Center court. the whole court, and it was beautiful. Like, it was just beautiful seeing it live. Also, um, our other section yep. was uh, section 107. Shout out to section Tom- 107. Yeah, at the Thomas and Mac. You real MVP. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, like, can we just say the Pelicans warm-up was just by far meant for Instagram? Just dunk after dunk. It was dunk nothing after. Oh, but dunks and lobs. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, since you guys are talking, uh, is it the Pelicans? No, I'm sorry. The Grizz- Did you see a Grizzlies game? Yes, we yes. watched a couple of Grizzlies games. What you guys think of Watatanabe? Oh, you know? Uh, I think he's going to be a decent spacing for, like, he definitely brings... Uh, a better offensive game than I expected. I watched him for I watched him last year, this year summer league. I think the confidence is there in the shot. Um, it's just a matter of getting him, getting him the ball in the right position because when he starts to dribble with it, he really is not comfortable. I don't think he can create, but I think he's got potential as a catch and shoot uh, spacer for them. Also, Hamadou laying down like the Thunder. Hamadou okay. laying down the Thunder. Yeah, <laughs> what was who was that? Was that the Thunder versus the Sixers? Yeah, was nothing but Harvey. no one can shoot the ball yeah. for the no first one three quarters shoot. of this it was game. Just all athletic. It was just oh, dunks, <laughs> and like Matisse Thybul was weirdly like the sharpshooter. Did you see my boy Skywalking? Your boy Skywalking? Yeah, <laughs> dude. That honestly, it was it was that game was just awesome to watch. It was like bad basketball for mm-hmm. a little for I'll say half the game yeah. to be honest with you. 
And then Thibel being the free safety out there. Yeah, he can't play uh, on man defense. He was, he but was knocking down those three, three pointers in the corner. That's mm-hmm. all they want to see. I mean, that's really all you want to see on Matisse. But yeah, no, that's it's all you have great. to do in offensive end. <laughs> no, no, don't dribble, don't dribble. Just stand over there and <laughs> knock him down. Great, great, great. I mean, he's the best w- offensive player. Stick him, okay? What, what about <laughs> your boy uh, Zaire on, on his comeback that's season? What I'll say. He was skywalking. Skywalking. I mean, he had to oh. Ben Stevens. At, at you know at the at the key just tossing up and just oh my god it's gonna be great it's gonna be great he goes up and gets it for sure well we have to have John on too to have, to talk Sixers because obviously Jimmy Butler leaving Tobias Harris coming uh, back you got Al Horford coming back uh, definitely got to hear uh, John's thoughts on the Sixers uh, I also real quick John what do you think of the uh, Russell Westbrook James Harden trade or the the Russell Westbrook trade to, to to pair James Harden and Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook together it's 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 toxic, you know. Okay. I, I, these guys, these guys are over thirty. They need to look at the rest of the league and say, okay, everybody's pairing up. They're you know they're getting chemistry to play together to win. They have to decide. A lot of it has to do with the coach. But Russell has to humble himself, and he has he he's not going to be the you know, ball dominant player he was in OKC. He's going to play off ball some, and I I, I think. I don't know. You know, it depends on if you're an optimistic person or a pessimistic person. It's too much of a risk reward, too much of a range for anybody to be correct in July. You know, you should hope the best for them. You know, they do have history. They get along. They play together. So I, I think that James Harden is probably the best top 20 player option Russ could have because of the familiarity. So I think that's good. If you're looking at it from a Russ standpoint, from a James standpoint, Russ is not a defender, so I don't I don't know how that's going to look. Uh, you know, I don't think you know with the Clippers doing what they did, Lakers did they did. It doesn't matter what anybody else does in the West. All right, I, I just wanted to know because you 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 always got some interesting take from, <laughs> but I agree with you. I think that's it's going to be toxic in in some yeah, way. Yeah, but I, I don't like yeah, but I don't like superstars and I don't like creating. What do you think? I, like I appreciate that. Well, one more because this yeah. will lead into the next topic. Do you think the Pistons should trade Blake Griffin? No. Do you, and why, why not? Because uh, I agree with you. I think Blake became a more well-rounded, more well-rounded player. Um, I think Detroit has been through a lot of instability. I think as a small, you know, they're a small market team now. I mean, you know, after the you know, recession. But uh, I think it, it depends. Well, for me, small markets teams need to invest in young talent and develop them, develop them over their careers because they can't attract free agents like everyone else can. Mm-hmm. So I think with the vol- uh, vo- uh, you know, whatever, uh, volatility, whatever word I'm trying to get mm-hmm. out, there's been a lot of change in Detroit. I think they should keep uh, Blake and try to you know build around Blake and you know they have a decent center. Uh, and they got my boy, Sekou Dumboya. Yeah, so, they uh, do. Actually, Actually, they have a lot of wings. They have a lot of wings. They have Seku, Servetus, and you know, really, as a Sixers fan, I'm I'm looking for you know, some some something off the heat. You know, they they picked up uh, who's your boy uh, Ricky out of Oregon? Um, Lewis King. Yeah. Yes, they That's picked up Lewis King. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping uh, they 
they don't have enough roster spots for Lewis King, and maybe even Sikhs can steal one of those uh, open spots. Mm, Lewis King but, is uh, Ricky's boy. Seku is your boy, John, and I think we can all say that you are our boy. You are you you are the best. Uh, great to have you on, John. As always, uh, talking best of summer league. Uh, we want to thank John for being a patron and, and, and being on the podcast. If you could be like John, check out Patreon.com/slash/MostAboutPodcast. But let's move into the next topic, and that is Blake Griffin trade rumors. And we're gonna start doing stuff now where we're setting up topics a little bit more. We're gonna give you the facts of each and every topic. And I'm glad we made this decision before this podcast because literally for this whole topic, mm-hmm. there are zero facts. There is not a single truth to any of the rumors floating around. And there's articles. There's from DetroitSportsNation.com that's citing uh, feature hoops saying the Pistons spoken with three teams in the last few days about a potential Blake Griffin trade per source. Not going to give you the source. And then from fadeawayworld.net also cites the feature hoops tweet. And then clutchpoints.com also cites the feature hoops one, the hoops tweet. But this is my favorite edition. They created a Blake Griffin account and liked the photo. Because I went to Blake's (laughs) actual Twitter, went to his likes. He did not like this tweet. So I don't think there's an actual rumor that three teams have talked to Blake Griffin about or talked to Detroit Pistons about Blake Griffin being traded. But let's just play fantasy. It's off season, so there's no truth to these rumors. But if Blake Griffin was made available by the Detroit Pistons, the team that made the playoffs last year, their best player uh, in Blake Griffin, making him available for trades. I mean, probably their best star in a long time on this team. What teams would be out there to take on Blake's contract and his play style? What are the best fits out there? What are the possible fits? What do you think that if a rumor's true, what are the three teams that could possibly be reaching out to Detroit to talk about Blake Griffin, Dave? Uh, the first one that comes to mind is definitely the Miami Heat. They're a team that is clearly star hunting right now, and I know that they, you know, Chris Paul was the the one of most recent history, but before that was Bradley Beal, and I think both of those are at a standstill right now due to the cost involved. Mm-hmm. I think right now they're reaching out to other teams trying to see Maybe we can pull your star. Maybe we can get yours. And I guarantee you they have reached out to the Detroit Pistons about this because pairing Blake Griffin with Jimmy Butler would be fantastic for them moving forward. Gives them another star. Gives them someone who can do a little bit of everything. Blake last season was incredible. His all-NBA-level talent. Shooting threes in volume. I mean, being able to facilitate as a big man from the low post. He literally can score at will. It's amazing how good he is. And it's disappointing, you know, the fact that the Pistons don't have the right pieces around him. So I see Miami as the, like, opportunist here, mm-hmm. trying to move some capital around and see if they can take a swing at Blake Griffin. Yeah, before we get into why Detroit could possibly think about moving him or why they shouldn't move him, Ricky, uh, is mm-hmm. there another team out there that's not a Miami that you'd look to to acquire Blake Griffin? That might be a part of those three teams that feature hoops is saying that a source is telling them they've inquired about Blake Griffin. Well, the first thing I want to say is this is from the Klutz clutch points article yeah, it's not they an say article. well whatever it's it is the word vomit that you want to call it yeah. um they mentioned that the chicago bulls were mentioned and my first thought was why would we even be mentioned we've got we've got our bigs locked down we got our nice young core keep our name out of these words that put together to make fake a news. nice little we, we can start article. using fake news for fun now. <laughs> fake news um <laughs> a team that i was thinking about like miami's interesting what about Houston? And the reason why, like, and now I don't know, I immediately went to, would this work out? But the reason why I think Houston, they've already acquired a big two. They've got Russ and James. But one of the big things that I think of that has hurt the Rockets in the playoffs is 
Clint Capella is nice, but he gets run off the floor. Blake can be a guy that you're playing down low, isn't going to get run off the floor, can hit threes from the outside, or has developed that in his game to where I would almost, if I'm Houston, if I could get that done, I could pair a big three of James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Blake Griffin. Plus, what's the bigger F you to Chris Paul that, hey, we're going to trade you and then win a championship with Blake Griffin? <laughs> there isn't a bigger F you than that. If, if they made the move, it'd be true. But there's no way they can make a deal. Come on. Acquiring the Blake only Griffin. way that would have worked if this in, in a direct trade is if Stan Van Gutty were still in charge of the Detroit Pistons <laughs> so he could build a fucking wall. Mm-hmm. With Andre Drummond and Clint Capella at the four yeah, and five. Yeah, Capella would have to go over. I don't think they have um, any picks to give up. It's definitely going to be a, if, if that were a scenario, mm-hmm. I think that would be a, a sweet three-team deal. Uh, you know, a, a piece in the middle to eat that center contract of Clint Capella. Though you do bring up a good point about him being run off the floor. Because if you look at his mitts from the playoffs last year against Golden State, um, in the games he was playing... 26, 32, 34, then 21, 25, and then 30. So mm-hmm. he by far had the lowest minutes of any starter on that Houston Rockets team. So it's definitely something to consider that he might not be the best fit when it comes to playoff basketball regular season. I mean, we all know what Harden and Capella mm-hmm. can do off that uh, pick and roll at the top of the key, but I just, it, well, it's hard to imagine. Does, does, he saw, does he answer the question of, you know, why was Clint Capella being run off the floor? Does Blake Griffin solve that? Yeah, I, I mean, Blake Griffin definitely would be a fix for that because Clint's basically the anti-spacing. When Golden State wants to stretch it out wide, Clint mm-hmm. Capella loses his advantage because he's a low-post-dominated center. And Blake's a four, and you can run P.J. Tucker at the three, and you don't really lose that much. But here's the, five, here's the thing with that, then, is the team that was running Clint Capella off the floor was Golden State going small. Right. Let's look at now this... Western Conference, and that Golden State team isn't the same Golden State team that the Houston Rockets were going up against last year. Which team's going to be running small lineups out there that could give the possibility of Clint Capella being run off the floor? I could see... Because the Lakers are bigger. The They're Clippers. a bigger team with Boogie, AD, and... LeBron. Yep. You look at the Clippers. Clippers still have. I mean, their best two players are over six eight. Yeah, but they're both wings. I mean, they're they're a wing dominant, wing and guard dominant team. When their center is basically Montrezl Harrell off the bench mm-hmm. or Kevin Jolly or you know some basically a utility five out yeah, there. Yeah, Kevin Jolly would probably give you more spacing, but Harrell's not giving giving you spacing. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm just I, saying like he's I a smaller center. So, yeah, it's true. You know, it's six nine, six ten. You know, he's not exactly able to be a. Dominant player. I mean, offensively, dominant defensively. He's not mm-hmm. much of a push down there. So, I don't know, I, I agree that not every team is going to run it. And since the Golden State Warriors are now pretty much uh, hamstrung this year with injuries for Clay Thompson, uh, and you're going to be watching Steph closely. I don't know how viable they will be in a playoff deep run, mm-hmm. but still, I think you have to be mindful of small ball lineups just because the trend for the last three years has been continuing to run the court heavy, play smaller, play quicker, up tempo. And really make fives kind of a a, a, a liability out there for the mm-hmm. other team. I mean, we saw it with Rudy Gobert as mm-hmm. well, defensive player of the year, and yet come playoff time, his viability kind of drops down a bit. Well, I just and, don't know which teams would be able to throw up a lineup that good, uh, uh, that is that small, it? that well, would run off a of big again. And I don't necessarily think it has to be like, oh well, this team is not going to be small, so it like Clint Capel is going to be out there all the time. The thing for me is. When you look at where the NBA is, where it has been, the three ball is king. And with me, 
would I rather have a five like a Rudy like Rudy Gobert is a good example to where I'm almost like it's a tough decision. You're not going to take him off the court because of what he brings defensively. I don't think Clint Capella is in the same category as Rudy Gobert defensively. Mm -hmm. And when you think about what D'Antoni likes to do with how many threes this team already shoots, why am I going to have a four or a five? Because like I would put Blake more at the four. I would think Capella's than the five team. But here's the thing: if the NBA is telling you where it's at. Capella does not shoot threes. But Blake Griffin does. If other teams are going to shoot threes, three is more than two. You're going to lose. Thank you, Ricky. Wow. It's math. He just Boom. Math basic math. Shit. Boom. Boom. <laughs> but and I, I also have a trade. The thing with the Rockets too is is that they're going to need to change up their style of play mm-hmm. with James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, and I think you're going to see a lot more pick and roll, and especially with Russell Westbrook because that was one thing that he did do well last year mm-hmm. was on the pick and roll with Stephen Adams, and having a guy like Clint Capella is going to be much more dangerous. People are going to bring up, like, Griffin killed it with CP3 in uh, Los Angeles running the pick and roll, so maybe mm-hmm. that could solve your problems. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see a trade working out, and, and you can come with yours next. Um, I don't see a trade working out just because they gave up so many picks to get Russ. Yeah, and that's the thing where the picks would be the interesting part. Um, before I say the trade, I will say I would rather, like, it's interesting because with having Capella, you could have the, well, hey, if they go with Russ, we can run Capella to the basket but in this NBA, i rather have the, well, yeah, Blake can take a step back. Oh, he's open for three. I'll take three more than two because, um, you know, basic math. Uh, here's the trade. <laughs> so the Rockets would get Blake. That's all they'd get. The Rockets would have to give up Clint Capella, which is 14.8 mil. Mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker, which is 8.3, four-year contract, two-year contract. And then a one-year contract of Donnell House Jr. and then with a trade exception because it's got here um, Deonta Davis of 1.6. Like that's – they would have to cut Capella, P.J. Tucker, and then find about $5.2 million somewhere to make the trade work. I'm going to just interject here and say I would want to move away from um, Gordon instead of uh, P.J. Tucker because P.J. Tucker, you need him if you're moving Capella on. He was the guy who was able to stand up and play center you could do Capella, for them. You could do Capella and Gordon for Griffin. That yeah. works. And, I'm just, and, and then mm-hmm. probably ideal situation for the Pistons to get what they want. Maybe a third team being involved here yeah. to soak uh, the contract for Capella and give the Pistons uh, maybe some younger wing talent out there to help them continue building. So I think that they're still... like The Pistons are a team where it's weird that they're feeling the win-now mode with Blake Griffin out there. Um Last season, I know he ended on that injury, and it was mm. kind of a little bit heartbreaking because, like, he was rolling. Like, he absolutely was doing fantastic. Canard uh, was playing well, but they just didn't seem to have everybody there at the right time all at the same time. So, I don't know. Going all in this year with East in its current state, they might see this as their one-year window. And if they're like, look, if we can't get it done this year, then maybe blow it up. But if somebody gives you but, a deal right now, I mean... But you got to see who they drafted. They went with Sekou. Where me, I'm looking at that where, hey, Sekou's not ready for a win now. He's right. going to need to develop. For sure. Why not get the most we can get for Blake now rather than wait? Why, why, is, like, now the, now, why is now the prime time to trade Blake? I, I don't know that... I think right now is the prime time for teams to offer for him because this offseason has been such a shakeup for mm-hmm. many teams. And I see urgency out of teams like the Rockets, like the Heat, 
where if they could add that piece next to their already, you know, double star in Houston or star and potential star growing in Miami, like that would be a fantastic move for them this year. I think the East is up for grabs with the Bucks getting worse this offseason, Katie not being available on the Nets, and the Celtics basically holding ground with that Kemba for Kyrie switch. So we're going to have to see uh, who's really going for it. I think that's the reason why it's hard for me to believe the Pistons, and I know we already said like there's no substantial like confirmation of this. This is mm-hmm. most likely just rumor mill churning mm-hmm. in the offseason. But I would think this is the year the Pistons are like, hey, let's go for it this year, and if we can't get it done then let's see what the offers are for Blake. But if you get a really sweet offer from some teams who are willing to overpay, I mean, why why not here's, the tires? Here's why I think that I'm going to throw out my team and then I'm going to get into why they won't kick the tires and why this trade won't happen and mm-hmm. why I think they're going to hold on to Blake until his contract runs out. Mm-hmm. The only other team that I would throw out there that makes sense is Denver. Denver mm-hmm. is the only other team without a second star. You can make the argument that you know they see Jamal Murray as a star, but... Right now, he's not that player. And if you're looking at what Blake can do, he's one of three players that did something of scoring 24 or more points per game, grabbing more than seven boards a game, and dishing out more than five assists per game. LeBron, Blake, and Giannis, and at least per win shares, Blake was better than LeBron last year. Obviously, LeBron yeah. dealt with injuries, played less games than Blake. I'm not saying Blake Griffin's better than LeBron James, but at least statistically last year, if you're looking at yep. win shares only— Blake was better than LeBron, yep. and Blake was extremely efficient from deep. Ricky mentioned his, his three-point shooting, the way that he 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 grew last year as a three-point shooter, shooting 36%. That was a career best for the uh, amount of threes that he was taking, yeah. and that's better than what Giannis was doing at 25% from three, and that was better than what LeBron's doing at 33.9%. And Blake just seems so much comfortable, and I think the biggest thing, too, is Blake obviously has the concerns about injuries flaring up again. Um, he's had, obviously, more major ones uh, in his time as a Clipper, and he obviously mm-hmm. had the lingering one that showed up uh, near the end of the uh, the Bucks Piston series. I don't think that one's too serious. I think he's gonna be fine this year. Yeah. Um, but Blake is so athletic and so gifted that I feel like with those injuries and not playing and playing alongside uh, CP3 and DeAndre Jordan, he hasn't had time to fully come into the player that he can be. And now we're finally seeing him become that player. And if I'm Detroit, I don't see a point of moving away from him this year. You have him until. At least next year, and he has a player option in 2021-2022 for 38.9 mil. He <laughs> it's m- hard to imagine people going away from that, but he might. People, that's the thing. And, and and the thing is, he might go away from it and just re-up for a longer deal Older. because, you know, sign a 32 for five years, you'd be put in at 37. So maybe you want to take that risk and just get the, 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 long, length, long, yeah. the length quicker. Um, that's the only reason why I could see him maxing out. But let's say he sticks there until... 2021 2022 and becomes a free agency in 2022 you have three years of blake griffin and next year you're going to be away from reggie jackson's eight mil you're going to be away from langston galloway's seven mil you're going to be away from uh and then you'll be coming up on andre drummond's uh player option player option Mm -hmm. for 28.7 drummond may or may not take that i don't really know i mean obviously we were talking about that with Whiteside, but drummond is younger and if they do get away from drummond's 28 uh reggie's uh 18, 18 yeah like, and then yeah. and then the uh seven from langston galloway you're freeing up near 40 million dollars in cap space and that means you can go out and plenish this team around blake griffin it doesn't even have to be a star and we see what teams like indiana have been able to do it's true and i really like Dwayne casey as a coach and i think he's obviously shown that he can win games in the eastern conference yeah i i think that detroit can make a case that 
keep Blake Griffin. He's such a unique player. And build out the depth around him to get players that can play well next to him, unlike right. Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond, and fill out this team to better suit his skill set because he has such a unique skill set that it's going to be so tough to find. And right now you might get be getting offers, but they might not be the best offers because mm-hmm. what you're getting Paul Millsap and maybe Michael hey, Porter Jr. from the Denver Nuggets, Paul and Millsap, you're getting Eric oh, Gordon oh, and, and Clint Capella from the Rockets, and you're getting Kelly Olynyk, James Johnson, and maybe Justice Winslow from the Heat, like... I don't see the, the, the need to do that because you're not getting right. a great haul from him. And Blake seems to love Detroit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, he seems to be in. My concern is just with his timeline. Like, you got a star who's now 30, who is injury prone in his career the last couple of years, 75 games this last year. Before that, it was 58, 61, 35, 67. Like, mm-hmm. can you build around a guy who has not shown he's been able to stay healthy? I, he's now on the. He's now hitting thirty, so that adds another like take against you. And I get the NBA yep. with load management and everything that the players' um, power is kind of pushing towards a, a more player comfortable league. I mean, yes, there's every reason to believe that he will play, you know, sixty five games or something like that this year and be comfortable. But you have to have all those weighing on the negative for building around a Blake Griffin already versus going after someone who is in their mid-20s who you can maybe you know steal away from another team as a key building block or like ricky said you know you drafted young with seiku you've mm-hmm. got luke Kennard, you've got a couple of young pieces on this team and you want to take more swings at it i mean you just signed derrick rose for that two-year deal uh seven mil a pop that's gonna be an attractive deal if people want to move on if you're really and i'm not saying they should do this i'm just saying that the pistons have the option if they want to clean house like we really, really enjoyed, and I'm not going to get too much into it, but Bruce Brown in Summer League looked like he put it together. You know, last year mm-hmm. he was starting a lot for them because of pure need, but in Summer League he showed how good he is against a lower-level competition. It's like, okay, this guy's legitimate. He deserves a spot on this team. I'd be curious to see if, you know, they do end up moving on from the their two big pieces in Blake and Andre Drummond. You know, what would a revamped roster look like? We see what the but well. My thought is we the, see what the Pelicans mm-hmm. ended up looking like. David Griffin looks like a goddamn genius. But here's the thing with that: you're not getting a Lakers type haul for Blake Griffin. No, there isn't one out there, and so that immediately takes away that the Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and the picks part right. of that that Blake Griffin trade or the Anthony Davis trade. Understood. And you got so lucky to get the number one pick, and not only to get the number one pick. But to get Zion Williams, yeah, we got we saw the best player in 15 years come out of college and be there right for the picking for you to take. So My while audience, while it is yeah. great to yeah. see New Orleans Pelicans, New Orleans got so lucky. Well, and I you wouldn't could do Memphis as a similar one. Then you've got I would say Atlanta, aging. like Atlanta's a team where did they get a top? Like I know that the Trey Young Luca was like back to back, but like look at last year. I mean, yeah, they traded up for DeAndre Hunter, but like. They didn't get a first pick, a first overall pick. They didn't get a second overall pick. But they're still a team that looks really good youth wise moving forward. And like Dave mentioned, timeline. I yeah, just, but they sucked. I just well, <laughs> like that's how they I got think to that gonna situation. Gonna I think they're going to be a lot better this year. No, no, I'm saying year. they they got there because they sucked. Yeah, yeah, but they, they also they had got that, there because they, they had that bad. Memphis pick as well. Like Memphis or not Memphis, Dallas. I'm thinking Mavericks. Um, Dallas was not a terrible team. Like they were bad, but they weren't like. Men, not Memphis. Uh, New York Quit bad. On Memphis. Um, well, you said Memphis. And that's that because Memphis was still bad. It was the uh, second worst team in the league. I'm saying yeah. they weren't New York 
Phoenix or Cleveland bad. They weren't up there <laughs> at the top. Dallas Just they were. Dallas? Memphis. I thought no, you were talking I'm about Memphis. No, I'm saying Dallas. Um, Jesus Christ. Because that's the other pick that the <laughs> Hawks the had. We're a little rusty. This my, is the first one back. My point is going off of what Dave said with timelines. You've got the Bucks. You've got the Sixers. You've got the Celtics. If I am the Pistons, I am not running into a buzzsaw. I am not doing the same thing we did this year of go to the eighth seed, play the Bucks, lose to the Bucks. Like, you're not going to have a good time. I have Seku. He's going to need to develop. I'm going to trade Blake for the best package I can get right now. And with Paul Mill, like you brought up Paul Millsap, that would be probably the deal that you could work out with the Nuggets. You're getting another guy, though, that at the end of the year, buy Paul. That's, yeah, that's $30 why you, million that's why off my books. Um, but what are you going to do with that money? You're not going to find a star like Blake Griffin. I'm not saying that's you're going to find a star. But no, it but that's my point. But it Is, doesn't link you to a, like, here's the worry I have. If they don't make the deal now... Will they get a better offer down the road? I don't think so. Right now, I think we're in an arms race because of what happened in free agency. Everyone's trying to get all these stars, and it's like, we got to have the best stars. We got to have a plethora of stars because of what just happened with the Kawhi decision. And I look at the other teams in the East. Boston, they're locked in with the Kemba Walker Kemba Walker. Era moving forward. Mm -hmm. The Sixers are the team where it's like they are locked in. And is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But Ben's locked down. Toby's locked down. Joel's locked down. What's your point? And then the Bucs, it's after not this season, but next season. Does Giannis stay? Does Giannis go? I'm looking at it as the Pistons. If I go all in with Blake right now, I'm not winning a championship. Any of those teams are beating me in the first round. Let me get draft picks. Don't care where they are. Draft picks for Blake I, to kind of assist where my timeline I is. I don't think they're younger. in such a dire need to strip down and rebuild and get picks because, first off, it hasn't been proven that they can pick well. I mean, when was the last time that Detroit has had a great first round pick? I mean, you could make a, a pick that Luke Kennard's been good, but, but he's not great. But look who's the guy taken right after him. I don't even remember. Donovan Mitchell. Okay, there mm-hmm. you go. Um, <laughs> I right? mean, like, you, you look at their, their drafting, and, and they've been able to find some fine players, but they haven't had a star since Grant Hill, really. And, and even before that, they won a championship, but Chauncey wasn't a star. He was a very good-to-great player. Ben Wallace was a defensive player of the year, but he was limited. Tayshaun Prince was a solid player. Uh, Sheet Hamilton was a, was a trade, but they didn't draft him. And uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the other one. Rip Hamilton, he was a fine player, too. That was he was a, a good player. a unique time in Detroit history. Exactly. Though. But they didn't have a star. And it's mm-hmm. so hard to find stars nowadays. Blake is a star. You're not going to find that star power. And maybe you'll get lucky and be like Atlanta and trade away the best player in the draft mm-hmm. and just happen to get one of the, probably the second best player in the draft and Trey Young. Like, they got extremely lucky with Atlanta. Yeah. I just, I also, I, I, I'm no. just saying at least after one season. I agree, and hold I on, I, I still have more. Mm-hmm. You've been okay. talking for hours. Right? <laughs> um, the other thing, too, is, yes, it's an arms race now, right now and people want to trade, but a lot of people have unloaded already. Lakers had the best haul to offer anybody, and mm-hmm. they already unloaded it. The Clippers probably had one of the better hauls, too, with that Miami pick, with Shea Gilders-Alexander. They unloaded it already. Miami doesn't have anything to give you outside of picks. But if you're giving them Blake Griffin and Jimmy Butler, they're going to be a decent team. And Miami's always a decent team. And they're already they're out always of picks, solid. too. And they're already out of picks, too. You look at uh, Denver. Denver's going to be a dominant team for the next 
four mm-hmm. years, five years, especially if you give them Blake Griffin. You are giving them another star. This is a team that you already have without Blake Griffin as your number one seed in the Western Conference. So you're not getting a good draft pick there. You're not getting the ability to find a star there. And the other team that we threw out there was uh, Houston. Yeah. And Houston doesn't have the draft picks. So what are you getting that is going to be a haul for this star? I don't think it's out well, there, and I'd rather be competitive. Yeah, you're not win a championship, but you'll at least be competitive and have the ability to turn it around. You know, maybe not right away, maybe mm-hmm. not when he's 31, but when he's 32, you might be able to fill out that depth a little bit more and help him out, and maybe you can become like a a Pacers team, and maybe mm-hmm. you won't be Philadelphia 76ers or Bucks level if they keep Giannis, or you know Celtics or Nets level. But you can be one of those scrappy fourth or fifth, sixth seeds, and that's going to at least give you longevity of your you know, lifetime and of your team. I just, the one thing I will also say before Dave jumps in is I don't think the Pistons make the playoffs this year. That's what I'm saying, because Miami got better. Right. The Hawks will be better. If the Bulls are healthy, they could be making a run at the eighth seed. The yeah. Pacers are injured, like Vic is injured, and when he comes back, is he going to be the they were, same They Vic? were the same team without Vic last year. I'm just saying, they're, they're, still, they're, they're, they're a question. But Vic is coming back, so they lose Boyan. The, the point, they're going to that, get Vic back. That's Vic's a, top, a better that's a player. Another day, I just no, you, this is the topic that you brought up, that they might not make the playoffs. But yeah, the, the Bucks are a, might. The Bucks are a playoff team. Yes. Bucks, Sixers are a playoff team. Sixers, Celtics, Celtics are Nets. playoff team. Pacers are a team. And Magic. Nets are not a playoff team. Nets are not a first-year playoff team. Kyrie can bring them to the playoff team. They got to the playoffs last year with Harris LeVert missing a good chunk of the season. With Kyrie, D'Angelo Kyrie Russell. Irving is one. Not, is he better or worse than D'Angelo Russell? I'm not, a, I'm not answering that question. <laughs> that's that's Here's, the question you have to answer, though. He's, he's always been more talented than everybody. Yeah. They should have been the number one seed. They were four because of Kyrie Irving. What if Kyrie doesn't like half the players? Yeah. Right? What if Kyrie gets injured? Because he usually does get injured. I you mean, Spencer did you just got rid of your best player from last year. Who meshed well with the team, at least locker room wise. Yes. Maybe not fully play style wise. Right, There's right. no guarantee that Kyrie will. You have an aging DeAndre Jordan that you just gave $10 million. It's not a for sure guarantee that they are going to go to the playoffs. I think they got some weaknesses at the 3 4, but I do think that that team, if they got to the playoffs last year with about just over a 500 record, I think this year with Karras having another year under his belt, being mm-hmm. fully healthy, him, Spence, Jared Allen, uh, Kuruks, like I, I, I do believe in that core being able to get right back there. I think they're on par with where the Magic are if Kyrie is there for half the season. I, you know? I think the Nets, Magic, and Pistons are all linked together, and then that yeah. way, and I, I, and I, I see the Magic probably falling off too. They still don't have a point guard. They're relying heavily on the growth of Markel Fultz coming back, <laughs> and even Come then, Fultz. even then, look at the Raptors. Like the Raptors lost Kawhi Leonard, and I don't know what they will be without him. Yeah. And you have an aging Kawhi, uh, Kyle Lowry, you have an aging Marcus All, you have an aging Pascal Siakam, and we talked about Serge this Ibaka, too. earlier too that they might trade some of these pieces off, and this team might not even make the playoffs as well after winning the finals. <laughs> I, I think the Pistons make the, the, make the playoffs. The East is going to be wild. I think that's all I'm going to take away from that. Mm-hmm. I'm in on the boat of. I think this year, if you're the Pistons, you run it out there and you see how good this team can be. I, I'm with you, Sean. Right now, there's not enough value to move Blake Griffin off of your team. I think post-December, was it, like 15th or whatever, mm-hmm. where 40% of the league will be tradable again yeah. like because everybody just signed contracts again. Then you can reevaluate, like, how's our season going? Is everyone healthy? Are we are we really fucked up right now? Or are we in a position where maybe we can look to add talent to this team to bolster up this roster for the playoff run? Because I do believe this year is kind of like their best window in recent memory. 
to go for a deeper on the playoffs. I don't. I, I'm with you guys all realistically. Like this is not a team that I would pick to you know go out of the Eastern Conference Finals. But at the same time, Blake Griffin has shown that he's a fucking monster at times. And I would love to see him be able to run it back with a deep playoff run and see if he can go head-to-head with someone like Giannis and be like, how do they match up fully healthy? Like, Giannis has a better roster and, a, and mm-hmm. seemingly a system around him, but if the Pistons can add those midseason acquisitions to continue to go around them, maybe we see development out of, you know, uh, some of these younger guys in this roster, and it works out well. I, I think that you hold on Blake this year, and then next offseason will kind of be the, like, all right, do we feel confident? Do we feel like this is his final year and then he's going to walk on us? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, where's that long-term deal looking for? I mean, are you going to give Blake Griffin a max contract moving forward at age 31 uh, for his 32nd through 36th season? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big question. What do you think they're missing? The Pistons? Yeah. I think with me, they're missing another star that's not Andre Drummond. Like, for me... It comes to the point, like, if I'm keeping Blake, I've got to get rid of Andre Drummond, and I just don't think that, A, a team is going to want him, and, B, I think he does take that option to where it's like, great, I'm yeah. locked down who, to him next year as well. Like, who, I would who's like the a, star in the Magic? I would lo- like, and that's the thing. The Magic don't have a star, but to me, the yeah. Magic are a team that, hey, they might make the playoffs at seven again, but then get bounced out in the first round. Like, but because they, you, they don't made have the playoffs. You said the Pistons might not make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't. And the thing I'm with saying, the Pistons, what are they missing to miss the playoffs? For me, I would go with like Reggie Jackson is not that good at the point guard. I would they like a guy, D Rose. I would like a start. Derrick Rose. The, is a D backup. Rose is a former He's MVP a baby. Backup at best right now. He's not the guy I want running out hey, there. Are we talking starter. elbow bone spurs or non elbow bone, yeah. bone spurs? <laughs> this guy knows. Well, this, this guy are we talking spurs. Steph D Rose or are we talking bad D Rose? I would look for a either. A star at the wing or guard position, and I just don't know if they'll get it. I mean, they have a star at the wing position. It's Blake Griffin. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I mean, two to, pair to with answer, Blake Griffin. To answer your question, the Magic have defense. That's the difference between mm-hmm. the Magic and, and the, the Supernova offense. The Supernova offense is also there. Terrence Ross, shout out. <laughs> Thank you, Ricky. Um, no, I mean, like it, that's the biggest difference right now is the Magic have a really balanced, well balanced team, and they've got an incredible defensive system, and they've got long guys out there to support that they can be entirely switchable like it's amazing how little credit they got at the end of last year on that run the pistons need to get some additional spacing at the one and the three if you're going to roll with deandre drum deandre if you're going to roll out with andre drummond at the five there you go Dave. someone who has just you know he's gotten better at his shooting his efforts gotten better but he's just not quite you know worth 28 million dollars probably I think you need to be able to open up that spacing, and I'm really looking forward to... I, I think the easy move is to say, obviously, a point guard who is better than Reggie Jackson. Like, it's step one, because your offense doesn't flow right because of him. I mean, that's just what it is. It hasn't been able to function the correct way. Blake's been running point forward, which, yeah, he's dominant, and he's amazing with his usage, but, like, ideally, you're getting someone out there who's a confident, like... Uh, three and D player at the point. Like if they had been able to swing at Malcolm Brogdon to add as a point guard on that team, mm-hmm. that is dirty. That would have been fantastic for them, but they weren't. So now you have to look for guys who would have been similar. If they could have got a Darren Collison, had he not retired, which is just the most bizarre thing in the world to me. Like players like that who don't need a ton of usage, but who are competent players in their own. I think that's sort of what they were aiming for at Derrick Rose, but he yeah. still got that like hoping glare of upside. Um, 
No, I just I think they're they're going to be close to a playoff team. I don't know. The East has about they're they're like ten deep as far as like the playoffs are concerned, and it's not good ten deep. It's just like they're so close at the bottom half that five through uh, eight section is just going to be you know within a couple of games instead of spread out like it was this year. I don't know. I just have a soft spot for Blake Griffin. So if if I was being too, <laughs> he's one of the best rookie seasons ever. If I was being too hostile. I apologize. No, I think you're giving the Detroit fans some respect because Ricky's in the like championship or rebuild, and I'm like, I mean, I think this is the year. If not, you got to really value an aging star. I, I think you get it. You get one more year after this. I think this year you, you let Luke Kennard grow. You see what happens. You get Reggie Jackson off the books next year. You see if Drummond's going, you know, wants to stay or wants to go. Mm-hmm. And after that, you could really evaluate. Just clear the slate for Blake Griffin. See what he can do. I think he's a stud. I wouldn't trade him. But I mean, he's that's that's. I, if, and if I would trade him, I traded my team, the Denver Nuggets, because I want <laughs> well, him. On but, that team. but would Denver give up? Uh, you know, the, the shining hope and prospects yes. of what could he be, Michael Porter you Jr. You should absolutely do that on top of Bull Bull. And that's and that's why I think <laughs> give that, me all the hope. And that's why I think that Detroit, like that, would be the most alluring package to them because you get a possible star, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. And if not, you're clearing up thirty million dollars mm-hmm. with, with Paul Millsap. That's the only team that makes sense to me. Is, got, is, is, so deep deep is Denver and you and Blake can shoot from the outside? Like, yeah. ugh, the only thing that I worry about is like download <laughs> defense. Okay, this later. I would just yeah. Look, you guys did lose Derek Favors. No, or, we didn't because no, he sorry, was Utah I'm Jazz. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I mean Millsap's a better defender yeah. than Blake Griffin. So yeah, For I now. just my final thought is they were the eight seed last year. Not much has changed. I know bringing in Derek Rose is a change, but like you were the eight seed last year. You were in a run with the Hornets, who are not going to be in that run. The Heat, that will still be in that run. I don't think if this, if you're just running it back, this is not but, going to be a team that gets better. It's going to be a team that's exactly where they were. But, oh, wait, the Heat have Jimmy Butler. They overtake you. But the the Bucks didn't that get that much better. They're still a playoff team, but they didn't get better. Like, they lost Brogdon, which is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. The Raptors got significantly worse, so that's going to be easier to make, get a couple more wins. Philadelphia stayed probably about the same, maybe got a little bit better. Boston got a little bit worse, but they're still good. Pacers got, I think, good. I mean, you 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 have Brogdon and Oladipo coming back. I think they're still around forty eight wins. Well, it just depends on 50. how Vic comes back. Is the biggest question. He'll be fine. Uh, Brooklyn, they got more talented. I won't say they got better, but they got more talented. I got to see them play out. Orlando stayed the same. So I mean, you're looking at it. Two of the teams below them got worse, and if you're looking at it, it doesn't mean that the, you know they have to win fifty games to make the playoffs. You just have to beat, you know, win a couple more times and just to secure that spot. And Charlotte got worse. Washington got worse throughout that season, so they weren't as good as the beginning of the season. Atlanta uh, will be tricky. Chicago might not stay healthy, and Cleveland and the Knicks suck. So, well, I, I, I still think there's, there's a very you, clear way that they can make. The if playoffs. you think they can, but if you think the top seven from last year are still playoff teams. Then the Pistons aren't making the playoffs because the Heat are going to be a playoff team this year. I don't, Jimmy ain't going to be so. sitting at home. I, mm, Jimmy see, don't like that. See, Jimmy likes you're, playing you're, in the Pat playoffs. You're comparing my, like, my least playoff. favorite player in Jimmy Butler to one of my favorite players in, in Blake Griffin. <laughs> so fuck the kids. <laughs> fuck Miami Heat. Fuck that team. Fuck Jimmy Butler. If they had Jimmy Butler last year, they would have been a playoff team. And now they do. Oh, my God. But but what yeah. about Waiters County? <laughs> Trash. And Wade's going to come back for Who's one more year. Who's their point guard? Dragic? No. No, it's Winslow. It's Who's Justice. Trash. He's trash, too. Come on. Kid can't shoot. All You're right. just wrong. Kid can't You're, shoot. Look at his splits since he started playing point guard Kid last year. Kid can't shoot. 
He can absolutely shoot. Kid can't shoot. He absolutely can't. I will. What is he? What is he up from twenty five to like thirty three percent? I will. I will sit here and stall until you look up his stats from when he took over his point guard. He started playing point guard like December, right, or was it February? Uh, I believe it was whenever Dragic went down. (laughs) <laughs> not gonna well help now I gotta look up Goran Dragic yeah that's fine I'm just saying Justice Winslow as a point guard has really worked out well for him in his career um, I mean yeah he definitely deserves more than 38 games I still don't know when he, he played uh, he started I'm, I'm looking it up but he definitely deserves yeah. more than 38 or whatever games he he, he's, he played last year yeah I just I, I do believe he, he didn't is. start point guard in November that's when Dragic went down he started in December then okay because I think they bounced around a couple pieces uh, mm-hmm. tra- before they actually landed on him being the guy um, but yeah, no, he was he was quite effective. December seventh. There you go. And thirty eight percent. Thirty eight percent from three. Sixty percent from the line. Sixty percent from the line could be better. Could be better. But he did play out as a point forward, you know, running point guard like LeBron's going to do this year. Maybe he's taking mm-hmm. a note out of his playbook. <laughs> LeBron's like, oh, that Justice Winslow kid over there. Maybe I should do that this year. No, I'm just yeah. Um, I was wrong. I'm just saying. Yeah. I was wrong. Justice is no screw. I will clear that up. And Ricky. I was wrong. On his predictions from a couple years back where he's like, I would take Justice Winslow number, what was it in the redraft? It was like number two. Number two in the redraft. I think one. Was it? I, <laughs> it might have been we're have to go back and What draft was that again? That was the redraft. Of what? Of what draft? <laughs> Winslow's Ricky. draft. I don't know. I can't remember what year it was. God damn it. Why does anybody listen to this podcast? Because know. we're awesome. This is horrible. Because they love us, Sean. If you made it this far in, oh, yeah, just you a take them. You take them one over Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Christoph Porzingis. It seems like that was that year. Yeah, it's yeah. that year. So uh, Devin Booker. Let's just say it's getting closer. Or what? Or did you take Devin Booker one? We'll have to read uh, we'll Check out the 2015 uh, redraft because it was a bad video and it was pretty funny. But anyways, uh, let us know if you think the Pistons should trade Blake Griffin or not. I'm on the side of they should not. Ricky's saying blow the fucking team up. And Dave, you I'm said one more year. run it back one more year see how they're doing. Well, let us know what you think down in the comments below. Should the Pistons trade Blake Griffin? But let's move into the final topic, and that is DeMar DeRozan trade rumors. And again, kind of like the Blake Griffin thing, there's nothing really out there that is saying that this is a thing. There's been speculation, like Shelberg and ESPN and the Shelburne, Jump have said. For your Shelburne, female other? Uh, they have said for a while that it's a possibility that it's a, he'll it's get a, traded. It's a possibility. Way, can we like, just throw out the resemblance between Ricky and... Uh, What's her first Ramona name? Shelburne. Ramona Shelburne. Ramona Shelburne. Like, he literally is our Ramona Shelburne. We both wore green on the uh, free agency. You did. On you the did. free agency live streams. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to bring up an, another uh, a couple great articles. Yes. We're seeing now facts to lead off <laughs> these, uh, these things. Fadeawayworld.net, our boys <laughs> coming back hot, reporting that uh, Chris Johnson at Chris Johnson NBA says Pistons, Magic, and Bulls. So the Pistons not only are going to trade Blake Griffin, they're going to they're gonna take on DeMar DeRozan, uh, but a, the Pistons, Magic, DeMar and Bulls Please are three of teams that have spoken with the Spurs about a trade for DeMar DeRozan, according to sources. And let's check out Chris Johnson's uh, uh, credentials. He's got the NBA logo totally miscropped on his, on his, on his Twitter. And yeah, also, my, guy, my guy's got a great smile. Look he does. Guy. That's I, a great, very professional photo. Very great smile. He, he paid his cousin yeah. to take that photo. Oh, um, my guy, Sean, why are you coming at people so hard today? Mm-hmm. My guy, my guy, Chris uh, has uh, 133 followers. So nice. shout out, shout out, Chris. He has no affiliation to any actual media source, uh, but he also says Portland has growing interest in bringing back All Star po- uh, power forward Lamarcus Aldridge. There's mutual interest in reuniting, according to sources. Uh, so sources strike again. Uh, yeah. We'll have to we'll have to do a topic about that next week. Um, but anyways. <laughs> Let's talk about DeMar DeRozan trade rumors. 
He is going to be a free agent after this year. Uh, there is a player option. We'll see if he takes it or not. But if he doesn't, he will be a free agent. Um, 27.7 this year and then 27.7 next year. What teams should be looking for DeMar DeRozan? What teams are in the DeMar DeRozan options uh, or the market? Which teams could really take that next step with DeMar DeRozan? Dave, we started with you last time. So we'll start with my guy, Ricky Widmer. He's probably going to come out hot. I mean, with this one, I don't know if like... Blow it up? He, well, Spurs. it's not a blow up the Spurs. It's just the I don't know if like if I'm the Spurs, I don't know if tank like how much <laughs> tank for Wiseman. No, um, I don't know how much he fits with that Spurs team as like a piece moving forward. I don't know if like I'd be yes, I got to give him a contract extension and he's going to be the future of this team next to Lamarcus. But when I look around the NBA, it's like. I almost look at teams to where even the teams that might want to use it as like a, hey, even if he doesn't take his player option or even if he does, we can then push him off the books after that year. But to get him, you're probably going to have to give up picks and or young talent. And I just don't know if there's a team in my mind that is ready to pull that like. The playoff teams, I don't know if there's anyone that wants to add him on. I don't even think like a team like Miami that Dave threw out during the Blake segment of like their star hunting. I don't think they want to go after yeah, DeMar, DeMar. might not be the yeah. best fit with uh, Jimmy. But I just, I don't think there's a team out there that is either looking for a star or looking for um, a salary cap, like cap release that would want to give up young players and picks to get DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, I mean, he's not as attractive as Blake Griffin is. I mean, I mean, well, Blake's beautiful. Uh, But you look at Demar, and I mean, Demar plays pretty much of an outdated game. Uh, I know Jake was coming in hot last year, uh, saying that uh, he's going to be a top five MVP finish. He was not. Um, But he he was he was he was fine with the Spurs last year. He was up in field goal percentage. Um, He was lower in three point percentage, and 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 just fell off the face. I mean, he he was shooting three point six. Last year with Toronto, and that was a whole big thing. They were going to force him to shoot yep. more. And he was decent at it. He was shooting 31% from it. And then mm-hmm. he went from 3.6 attempts per game to 0.6. Uh, so they just stopped shooting threes in San Antonio in general last year. They were they one really, of the better teams. Yeah, percentage they, they were one of the best teams. But that's the thing. They're like, if you can't shoot them, you're not allowed to shoot well, them. And when you, we go one for two each night, you're going to go like 50%. So it just adds up. Uh, but and, and he fell off in points, uh, 23 to 21.2. Um, obviously, dealing with LaMarcus, it's going to help a little bit, uh, worse a little bit. And this isn't like a Spurs team that was looking to, to run and gun or, or put up a ton of points. Um, so, I mean, he didn't really fall off too much. Um, he's just, I don't know if any team wants him just because of his play style. I mean, who wants a two that can't shoot from the outside, that doesn't play elite-level defense. I mean, he is a great mid-range player. I think he'd be great on the Spurs if they didn't have LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that's holding them back more is LaMarcus. But really? But I, I don't know who's more valuable to that team. I think LaMarcus might be more valuable. I just think that if if you're saying, who would I rather start the Spurs with, I might lean DeMar, DeMar DeRozan over LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, mainly due to youth, um, but also I think just the way that they kind of do shape their team in playing inside the arc. I mean, DeMar is elite at that level. Yeah. No, I, I tend to agree with the first piece of that. I, I think that LaMarcus is definitely the more valuable piece on the Spurs right now to the Spurs organization. He's played incredibly tough. Um, they've been able to count on him. I know that we gave him a lot of flack for the playoffs uh, in the uh, past, what was it, two years ago now in the playoffs when Kawhi went down. Uh, he wasn't able to, you know, dominate and carry them. But, I mean, I don't know who could have in that kind of situation. But I think 
DeMar DeRozan is one of those guys who, like you said, his value out in the open market may not be super high, but he is kind of like a, a uh, offensively, he's able to facilitate, he's able to rebound, he's good for his size. I would really like to see a team who maybe is looking for a great uh, addition to their team, like maybe a team like the Magic could take a stab at someone like that mm-hmm. to add another ball handler. Mm-hmm. Right now they've got Fournier as their two, and behind that they got the offensive Supernova. And That team doesn't have any shooters as it is. Really? Who's a shooter on their team outside of Fournier? I would argue DJ Augustine can shoot on that team. Aaron mm-hmm. Gordon can shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, really? You're in that one? I mean, I just when it comes to the magic, I just question that one. They've of got like, enough. Should they do it for him in the last segment? Sean said, well, the magic don't have a star. Right. Would this the be Rose like the star. but he's, he's a budget bigger star. star than what they have on their team right now? I would say. Yeah. I mean, he, bigger star than Aaron Gordon for sure. They've got Vucevic to stretch out the five. Aaron Gordon can stretch the four. You still have Jonathan Isaac, whose shot has been getting better every single year. I and mean, Mobile. yeah, and Fournier is actually the opposite. Fournier's shot's getting worse. Yeah. Uh, he was 34% going down so, from 37.9. And, and Gordon was, like, around 34%. I just don't think that, like, like, do you need to guard Aaron Gordon when he's out behind the arc? Yes. Eh. He, like, mean, do you, but do you need to he be— He blows by you, guys because they are challenging But you can him give him space is what I'm saying. He's not going to hit it. He's not going to—he's not a knockdown shooter. I'd, I'd like, have to look up if his— their, If their offense was, numbers, but yeah. do I want Aaron Gordon driving or do I want him to shoot from the outside— Aaron Gordon can shoot yeah. ten threes a game. Like, <laughs> come on, I'm not. I'm not afraid of that. Um, Fair enough. I, I I think too. Like, that's just saying like, oh, I want a high end vehicle, but then buying the bot like the like the I want performance model. Yeah, you're just getting the cheapest one. Like, I don't think Demar Derozan like is has he been a former All Star? Yes, but is he a star? No. Like, that, I, I think we gotta cut off the line I, somewhere. Derozan's a very good player. I don't think he's a star. I mean, four-time All-Star, putting up good numbers, scoring over 20 points a game for the last six years. Which he's, which he's very good. What type of player would he be next to that would make? I mean, like, just look at they. Add, Toronto added a real star, and they won. A, they won a final. <laughs> like this was a team well, that kept getting. They didn't bounced. just add one real star. They added in a defensive stalwart at the five and Paul Gasol. They added in Danny Green as Marc a. Gasol. I'm sorry, Marc Gasol, not yeah. Paul. That man, old. Um, but yeah, no, they add in a great five. They add in a, a good swingman on the wing who can shoot through, who's just a three and D. He's the prototype of three and D before it even existed, okay. really. If you I think mean, they added Marcus All and Danny Green to DeMar DeRozan and that team, you think they won the finals? I honestly think they're closer. I don't think they would have won because Kawhi Leonard pulled out some of the most incredible ISO game that I've seen in because fucking he's Michael a Jordan. Star. Kobe Leonard. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's good. He's, he, he is good. DeMar DeRozan's very good. I didn't is say he, he was top, bad. I said is he's he a top he's 25 a player? Yes. No. Really? You think top he's 25 not is not? Or is he's not a top 25 player? I think he's right in that 20 to 25 range. No way. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and count out 25 players for you. I will. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that. <laughs> I'm just thinking I mean, he's got one player like that's Orlando. already better on his team than LaMarcus Aldridge, so there's one. I think that a team like Orlando would benefit it's just it's a direct upgrade for them because they have the defense to cover up for any deficiencies from him he's another ball handler on the court which i know people are pushing you know for other guys on the team to ball handle but he really would be a, a great addition for them it just come down to price you know whether it's giving up any of their young talent i don't know how comfortable they would be doing with that i know they drafted chuma okay this year who i fucking love by the way but is he a guy who 
you know, if you believe in Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac long term, where does he fit into that plan? Is that a high upside pick where it's just like, look, we've got great value and we can take him here and maybe move him in the future uh, because other teams understand he's great and we only got him on a budget pick because of his injury so late in the year. I don't know. I think that that would be an interesting consideration for the Magic to make. Um, another team would be interesting. Honestly, I kind of cringe at thinking about like his fit on other teams because you're right because his spacing is so bad. So you try to find someone where he wouldn't be absolutely abused. But like New York, like no kidding, <laughs> they've struck out on so much that Yikes. I'm just like, I could see them taking a swing at uh, him. Right? It's, is that a, is that not a New York Knicks move? Ricky. The He's a name. He brings ta- he brings people it, it, it was the a Nick move. Yeah. It's definitely a Nick move. That's my point. No. And they're going to have all those juicy contracts up in uh December. So, they made a lot of signings. Yes, they have five power forwards, you know. That's dope and all, but I think that they're they're a team who would absolutely be happy to uh take on someone and especially with his contract where it is, it's like a no, it's almost a no-risk move at this point mm-hmm. because you can add him, and if he plays well, you can extend his contract out in the future and be happy with that. And if not, you have cap space available, you know? I'm going to throw this out, and I don't even necessarily believe it would happen, oh, God. but it's worth a conversation. Yeah. Could the Spurs use a, and it depends on the other team I'm going to mention, where they see themselves, are they going to dive into a full rebuild mm-hmm. and what other packages they could get for this player? But could the Spurs say, hey, let's look at Washington and try to swing for the fences for a Bradley Beal trade? Is that at all possible in this round? Because with then Washington, I mean, you're looking at it to where, you know what, we still get like. If you're still wanting to compete a little bit, tell me the trade before you stick. Oh, out I don't have screen. a trade. I'm oh, just okay. saying, like no. a possibility no, of like, no. could the Spurs swing for the fences, even if it's a three-team deal? If it's it would just be... them two to bring, because that's a deal. If I'm the Spurs, I go for that one, obviously. But it's like in order to do a Bradley Beal for Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan is probably the most important piece on the Spurs that they would be asking for. I could see them asking for. Someone like Lonnie Walker or DeJounte, like they would ask for some of the younger pieces, even mm-hmm. Kelton Johnson. Like, I think that's what the Wizards would want out of them. And it just, I know it's uncharacteristic of the Spurs to pull a deal like that, but. Because I, I mean, know. with DeJounte Murray, you got to, like, that one's interesting because not only coming off injury, but he's an RFA next year. Like, the injury might could play into that also, but like, that's something too of like, Going into those negotiations, Kids how is that going to be? Exactly. And if I'm the Spurs, maybe it's like I'm okay with giving up a DeJounte Murray knowing I've Why? got a Lonnie Walker because you're getting Bradley Beal. <laughs> like, but, that to me would be if I have to give I up, wouldn't. if I have to give up DeMar and DeJounte and some draft picks and I get Bradley Beal, I push that button if I'm the Spurs. DeJounte, <laughs> DeMar, DeMar, and two draft picks say. Like 2021, 2023 or something? No, I wouldn't do that. Cat coming off an ACL injury, DeMar DeRozan, who's older than Bradley Beal, on a shorter contract, yes, but I mean, I don't think that's really that important. I think you can get more for Bradley Beal than that. I mean, in the two picks, I mean, they're not going to be good because Beal's going to be signed for the next three years. Keldon Johnson on top of it or something like that? Keldon Johnson doesn't move that needle that much. Lonnie Walker? Also, 25. No. I mean, I think 
No, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm mean, thinking they'd, they'd have to give all for... three. They'd have to give all three. I mean, yeah. they, they they deserve what the Pistons deserve for Blake Griffin, and probably even more because because of the Bradley position. position yeah. yeah, the position he plays. Um, I agree. I got 25 by the way. Lamarcus, LeBron, AD, Kawhi, PG, Harden, Westbrook, Jokic, Dame, CJ, Embiid, Butler, Kyrie, Kemba, Vic, Giannis, Cat, Luca. KD, Clay, Blake, Beal, Drew, Steph, Gobert, and you could even throw in Trey Young, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Darren De- Fox, or Donovan Mitchell if you wanted to. Top forty player. He's a top DeMar forty DeRozan. player. There you go. So <laughs> top thirty five, maybe. I mean, you got to bridge that gap from a actual top twenty five player in Bradley Beal to he to was them. a and star. He is no longer a star. Yeah, his games. I mean, the fact that you three balls Chris dropped off. Yeah, Chris Mid made an All Star game. But he is in that shadow. Um, I think just the fact that his three pointer fell off the face of the earth so hard—it's just not his game. Yeah, but like, you don't even like you showed us some hope on the Raptors at the end. You're like, hey, look, I'm gonna. Come but he was up. forced into that role, right? That's the thing, and he wanted to do that for Toronto because that was his team, and that was the team that drafted him. That was the team that he was there for ten years, and there was no reason to do that because Pop wasn't pressing mm. it, and that wasn't his game. So. I, I think in the end, like, there isn't a team that, like, I would be like, oh, my God, them with DeMar DeRozan would make me crazy. Like, I don't think he's that type of player anymore. And especially for $27 million, I, I don't see any deal being beneficial to the Spurs. Could. Or, I'm sorry, being beneficial to any other team. I think it would be beneficial to the Spurs because you get that money let's, off the contract. Uh, so the let's books. talk about contracts that are awful then. Andrew Wiggins. DeMar DeRozan goes to a team that is desperate for playoff success. Yeah. And he fixes their That's problem. stretching it with DeMar DeRozan. Well, no, because he fixes their problem of Wiggins' contract is so big and so long. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan can come in there basically on a one-year deal almost. But you're saying playoff success and DeMar DeRozan. Those things don't go hand in hand. He won games against everybody <laughs> but the one LeBron. I'm just saying, when, you, when your nicknames with the Kyle Raptors, Lowry are the trash bros. The Raptors dominated... In the playoffs, except for the Cavs, mm-hmm. they were very good in the regular season. They had continued success over multiple years. He's a four-time All-Star. I mean, it's it's a definite downgrade from the Jimmy Butler, but you're also getting rid of that Wiggins contract. Mm-hmm. That could if, be a win-win. Pop could try to turn around Wiggins, make the kid try and use effort. I saw another Wiggins off-season hype video for the third year in a row now, and it's like, kid, we get it. You're uber-talented, but you don't do the shit you need to. To play seriously in the regular season. Is it the one that I sent the group chat last night? Yeah. Where they were like, oh, I'm trying to remember what like stupid little like lights camera action that yeah. they put as their thing. And it's like, and again, Ooh. he looks great. He's so gifted. But they give him a, uh, that giant contract that he did not earn. And I think that's an opportunity for Pop to be like, I can mold this kid. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I've got a Smashes that like button. Smash that, that like put. button. He can mold him. <laughs> he fits in the timeline. With a Lonnie Walker, mm-hmm. with a DeJounte Murray, like he is, that could be a win-win deal. I think it's the other way around, though. And yet again, Dave, I will take this as a, I did it to you in the live mock, so you're doing it to me, sniping off my screen I as I'm coming it, yeah. up. Like, I don't think Andrew Wiggins is the deal. Why the not? deal for me is if I'm the Spurs, A, I don't want Andrew Wiggins. B, I don't think the T-Wolves want to give up Andrew Wiggins. I think hey, they do. Let's pa- <laughs> I like, think they're willing to. Like, let's pair Cat, Wiggins, and DeMar together. And to me, I think the piece that the Spurs would go after is Rocco. Give me a guy like Rocco who can add defense to this team, um, and he's locked down for three years. The only thing they would have to, like— 
the deal that I have here is the T-Wolves would get DeMar DeRozan. Rocco is like, the Spurs are like, that's who we want from the deal. And to make contracts work, they would have to eat the contract of um, Diang as well. But the T-Wolves can throw them two draft picks. I just picked 2020 and 2022, but throw them two draft picks. And if I'm the Spurs, I'm happy with that. I get a guy like Rocco, well, Spurs win that trade by far. a veteran that Pop would want and could add defense to the team. They get two draft picks. And the T-Wolves get a guy like DeMar that they can add with Cat and Wiggins to see no. if— Do they make can, a run in the West? Can, no, can but I, do they make the playoffs? Maybe. Can, can I just Maybe. say that's like— Doing what you did to <laughs> Jimmy Butler, like it's like Demar Derozan's a worse Jimmy Butler. Like you're putting Wiggins out of position again. You're losing away your court spacing three and D player, and you're just fucking that spacing up even worse and you're for Cat. Two picks, and you're giving up picks. Like no, that's well, just could a, they get away I'm with sorry. giving up one pick? I, if you're if you're the you're giving them I don't want Demar the Rosen. most valuable I've... player, <laughs> and you don't like that's the thing as a Timberwolves you have. You have to make it sweeter for the Spurs. I get it, but like giving up Rocco is not worth it for them because he fits what they need to have next mm-hmm. to Cat in my mind. That's why I'm afraid of crunching that spacing down by playing Wiggins and Demar next to each other. That's worse than what they had with Butler in my mind. I, that's why I think the direct Wiggins and DeRozan swap it fixes contract situation for them, gives them a playoff uh, experience, All Star. It gives them someone who. Decent head on his shoulders. Like, there's never been a big deal around Mark Rosen off the court. But see, that's the thing I think that's different here. If I'm the Spurs, if I'm not getting a player like Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. I don't want Wiggins locked down. Like, if I'm Why getting rid, if I'm getting rid of DeBar and I'm not getting a guy like Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. I want a guy that basically I'm either flipping or I'm bringing in young talent and draft. He is young talent. He's, he's not still the, 20. He's, he's not young. the young he's talent still, what, I want. 23? He's young. He's not the young talent I want. He's, he's, he's but who's, who, who's giving up that young talent? I mean. Oh, I, like I said before, I don't think that <laughs> so trade is there. He's 24. You think, okay, 24. So you think DeMar DeRozan is basically washed up trash oh, and no, no one wants him? I, I don't think there's a team that wants to give up the haul that the Spurs will be looking for. It's not that DeMar is trash. It's that. The deal just ain't right. Like, we'll come to the table, talk things out. You know what? We're on different sides of it. We're done. Like, that's what this is going to be. I don't think he gets traded. With Minnesota, yes, you get an upgrade of pretty much what you have right now on a guy who just takes mid-range jumpers. He makes them, though. He makes them is, much more often. If it's true shooting percentage, it's an insane difference. I, I, does it... I don't, it doesn't make them a playoff team, like a for-sure playoff team. It makes them I mean, better. the West is tough, but it makes them better, notably. Maybe. I mean, like, Cause you're t- that's the only team that you could probably bring up that I'd be like, maybe. And and with the Knicks, too, it's like, what what, 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 like, what do you have? Like, Frank? <laughs> Pick from the plethora like, of maybes. Like, Frank? You get, you get Frank, and I, I mean, I'd love to see Frank as a spur. You yeah. Get, you just have him play defense. Yep. That's all I'd have to do. He'd learn what to play What else rest. do they have? Like, you could, I mean, here's the thing. They are a like team. my thing is is I think the the only team that I like Demar Derozan on is the Spurs, the Raptors too, but that's just because of what he came from. But 
Could you see like, like him LA making a midseason deal to try to get him? No, it'd be horrible. The Lakers, you mean? Yeah. Okay. I don't. Well, I would because he's an that? LA kid, and LeBron so? needs to ruin his spacing more. Yeah, that <laughs> seems like a horrible. That seems like a plink guy. Actually, that, see, <laughs> now you're starting to think. Do I like it? No, Rob Plinka might. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. You got a hometown guy giving up coos? another star. <laughs> what are you giving coos? up? Like nothing. They don't have anything. I don't know. I don't. I don't see a deal. <laughs> this is why I think. NBA journalism just going down the hill after this whole Russ thing because there's nothing to write about. Well, I and think we're just we're all like just looking for that next star to move because we've had I so think much Lamarcus. volatility. You think Lamar? Okay, yes. Let's, let's attend. That, that's to the that. thing is, I think that with with all of this going around, yeah, the only team that I like Demar Derozan on is the Spurs and the Raptors. Mm. And the thing that I think might be not holding them back, but the only thing that I, I think that you could look at to improve the Spurs might just be to get that LaMarcus Aldridge contract off the books. But even then, he's only guaranteed $7 million, partially guaranteed $7 million next year. Um, so in the end, it's like, is it necessary to move away from him? And with that, there's a lot of young guys in that one and two slots that could take up time away from DeMar DeRozan that I might like yeah, in I mean, that spot better. Yeah, basically ran him at the three for half the season. Yeah, Lonnie Walker injuries. was a stud in, in summer league. league. And Can we'll I... talk about him soon. But like... He was a he was a monster in summer league, and we Dejounte Murray is going to be coming back, and mm-hmm. Brent Forbes was great last year. Like just shooting lights out. I, I just I don't. You still have Patty Mills and Derek White. Like you, they have so much talent at the one and two, mm-hmm. and they drafted Keldon hopefully to play the three for the future. And I just wonder, like you need a four or five that you can trust. I don't know if moving away from Lamarck Soldier. I think Pop's not going to move on from anyone. He is too damn old well, to rebuild. Let me throw He's out, like, I'm going to compete until I can't compete no more. Mm-hmm. Let me throw out a wild card here. Wild card trade. This is one that and went into, first off, it depends, on, it depends on how DeJounte comes back from his injury. And later on, like this would be a trade deadline kind of a deal, depending on how these Spurs are thinking the RFA um, negotiations could go just... J- Whit Murray. I'm not even going to try DeJounte. DeJounte. No. I said it earlier, and now I screwed this it up. This is the offseason. Duh. Murray. Duh. DeJounte. There. there you I go. said it right. Sometimes I get in my Can, own way mentally. You could just mentally. stop. I see what's on um, your screen, Ricky. I don't care. I'm going to say it. If DeMar it's De- bad, we'll just send the podcast. DeMar DeRozan it. to the Cavs. Caleb and Colin Sexton to the Spurs. What? Where, Thanks for joining us today. Why would they give up Colin Sexton? Because in the only <laughs> way they give up Colin Sexton... Is they drafted Darius Garland? Are they? And that was play, a bad pick. Are they gonna play both of them together? I yes. don't think so. Yes, they so are. So by the trade deadline, if they're thinking to move on from K Love, they might have to sweeten it with Colin Sexton to get a Demar. That hey, he might work for a little bit with us, but he's not locked down like K Love is. That's the wild card. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is this is something that was <laughs> we we yeah. covered a lot of clutch point articles. So thank them for uh, for for writing whatever they did. Um, and also, uh, I think we are the DeMar DeRozan of podcasts, the top 40 <laughs> podcasts, you know, maybe not top 25, uh, but top 40 podcasts. Let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you to John for joining us as well. Talking summer league. Thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon as well. Uh, you can join the discord for $1. It'd be great. Thanks for Dave and Ricky for going to summer league and getting the great content that they did. And we want to thank you for joining us and spending your time with us. Thank you so much for doing so. For Dave Oster, for Ricky Weber, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. 
Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.